Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 31 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we'll be continuing to break down the big breaking news uh, from training camp. Also, we'll be discussing listener questions that we've had and also talking about sleepers and busts for fantasy, conscious that we're right in the peak of redraft and keeper league draft season at the moment. So hopefully any any advice we can give on sleepers and a bus for this year will help you with your draft strategy. So to break it all down, first of all, with me, I have Paul. Giddy up. <laughs> we have Chiggs. Evening, chaps. <laughs> and we have Mo. Hey, hey, hey. We've got all the full allotment in tonight. How are we doing? Paul, how you been? Yeah, not too bad. Glad to be uh, out of the dress. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But for context, in one of the leagues that I run, the the pl- player that comes, well, the, the players that come 11th and 12th have to have a bowl game called the Dress Bowl, and the loser has to turn up at the next year's draft in a dress. Now, Paul kind of got lucky with the COVID situation, but still, to his credit, turned up in a dress yesterday. So it's slight for sore eyes, I must say, but all and credit to you. as well. I was going to say, I mean, I've been having nightmares since, since I saw that, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. but no fair play to you and uh you know well done for sticking up to uh, the end of the bargain there chiggs you been well yeah yeah all good all good yeah just for the middle of a bunch of drafts got another one uh friday as well we'll deal with the middle of our our one as well so yeah coming thick and fast it's great how are you feeling about that draft anyway uh so yeah, for the context of the, of the listeners, I mean the uh, NFL lads keeper league. It's you keep the players in the round that you drafted them in. Um, you keep them up to three years, I think it is right from yep. when you draft them. So a lot of the top tier talents are already gone. So Alvin Kamara is in the fifteenth round. I mean it's a complete oh, cheat code. Unbelievable. Um, but you know I've got Saquon, Michael Thomas um, as my first two picks. Uh, George Kittle. So arguably, you know top one or top two players at each of their positions. It's just whether yeah, the rest of the guys I've drafted now can hold up and keep me out of the dress bowl. So. <laughs> I don't know. You look good in a dress. Uh, probably probably better than you. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about some of your strategy because uh, you've gone rookie heavy on this one, I've noticed. Uh, but we will, we will touch on that later. And Mo, how are your drafts coming along? Oh, not too bad. I'm um, actually this is uh, gonna be my first one tonight. That's my main one. I'm in here. It's a half PPR redraft uh, with one keeper. Um, little, little, nice little twist to it is that the keeper uh, you have to sacrifice two rounds from where you drafted them last year. 
to say if I drafted them in the 10th round, I have to give up my 8th round pick to keep them this year. And um, same thing following for the next year, and I think you can keep them for a total of three years. But, uh, yep, excited about that. You got the ninth overall pick. Who should I draft, guys? Who's, who's your keeper? My keeper is Kittle in the eighth. Nice. So you, that's the one where you drafted him in the 12th originally, then you kept him in the 10th, and now the eighth, right? Correct. So this is my last year with him. Uh, I have to say I did win my championship last year and the year before with him, so I'm hoping he's my good luck charm. Granted, I also had Antonio Brown both uh, both years as well. Uh, I drafted him number, I think, second round last year. AB, good old AB. So uh, I'm, I'm but... assuming then, like um, with with that, right? You're if if you took obviously CMC or Saquon in the first round last year, you, you basically you can't keep anyone you drafted in rounds one or two, right? Correct. Mm. And then we actually have a rule: you can't keep anyone you drafted in the third round as well. So you cannot keep anyone in the first three rounds. Is the rule? Wow. Okay, so you, so your your first few rounds are basically going to be pretty much every top tier, right? Correct. I mean, I think the best. I mean, I think the most majority of the keepers are like, for example, Kittle, uh, Jackson from last year. Um, uh, so, you know, Metcalf from last year was drafted late. You had DJ that was drafted two years ago, very late. Um, and then I think Drake was probably the highest kept keeper. I, I think he's giving up a third round. So um, yeah. It's fair. It's I, I think it makes it's nice where I think in your league, for example, where you guys have three keepers, you have a lack of running backs here. You still won't. You don't have that. Uh, you don't have that. Uh, you know that thin talent level like you do. Like you still have the first two rounds of you know solid talent still available. Yeah, it 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 makes it strategic how you draft as well. And you know, I mean, it's giving the chicks a little bit of stick there for the rookies, but you've just taken Justin Jefferson in the eleventh round. So if he hits. That could be tremendous keeper value there. Well, this well. this is the thing for me. This is why, obviously, having started with Saquon as my keeper in the first and Michael Thomas in the second, you know, I've got I've got two elite players there. But it then means that you know I'm not picking till middle of round three, and everyone's gone right. So that's why I traded up to try and get J.K. Dobbins, which was a massive reach in hindsight. But my view on that was, you know, if I if I keep him in the third next year, I lose Michael Thomas in the second, but keeping um, Jacob Dobbins in the third, that's great value because I think he's going to be a, a first-round player, second round at worst next year. Swift in the fifth is um, is the one I actually really like. And you see, J- Justin Jefferson in the 11th is kind of one of the ones I'm eyeing up as well as, uh, you know. I'd, I'd, I've obviously tried to say avoid going rookie heavy, but at the same time, in a keeper league, if you can get some of these late round contributors, and bear in mind, I've got Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas as my two running, uh, two wide receivers with Mike Williams and um, coming with the other guys, but you know, so it's, it's trying to balance that. Yeah. So, uh, talking of which, one of the players I drafted, a nice little segue into training camp news, was uh, Leonard Fournette. And uh, Fournette has now been waived slash released by the Jags. All sorts of stuff coming out. Latest thing I read was that he just didn't get on with the players and they were kind of sick of his antics. And, um, you know, it seems like he could have been a bit of a bad locker room guy as well. Not, not great news for anyone who has him in fantasy already. Not great news for Chigs, for yourself in 
the uh, Dynasty League where you drafted him on your zero RB strategy, not with <laughs> me. <this league>. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the, the biggest mistake I made, that, well, it wasn't so much a mistake, but he got sniped probably a round or two before I was going to take him was Reichwell Armstead. Because obviously I, I knew that Fournette's going to be gone right after this year. This year. So and this is advice to everyone. I mean, you know, if you have Fournette, go out and get Reichwell Armstead and Chris Thompson, you know, ASAP in your waivers or whatever it is, or make trades to, to get them. Um, and that was the thing, right? It was it left me short now. But at the same time, you know, if he if he does land, because the, the talent's obviously there, right, with Fournette. And actually, ironically, he could probably land in a better situation if, you know, if someone wants to put up with his nonsense. You know, there's talk about him going to the Patriots, which would be, which would be interesting. See the Bucks. To their 15... 15- 15 running backs <laughs> that they have. Yeah, but this is the thing. He's obviously more talented than all the crap they've got there, right? So, um, yeah. But the, the thing but is, the box, coach... the box would be interesting. Bucks, yeah. I mean, they've just added Shady as well, right? So they've got yeah. quite a loaded backfield. Um, I mean, the Chiefs would be interesting if they're looking for someone, you know, as the bruising back and then CEH more early on in sort of passing downs rather than seeing CH as a three down back. But there's as you say, a lot of lot of opportunities out there. Um let's hope not, eh? <laughs> so Tiggs as an owner, any sort of ideal landing spot for net for you? Yeah, as I say, from for me, uh I mean I would have said Tampa Bay is is, is the key one. That would have been amazing. But I think, you know, I I'm I'm now off the Keyshawn Vaughan hype train. I think uh, you know <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll probably pay off on my bets um, at the end of the season <laughs> on him. Um, you know, Ronald Jones, fair play to him. He's looked good in camp. So, you know, Arians has come out and said he, he's the main guy there. So, you know, I like Ronald Jones' upside this year. So, <sighs> Patriots as well, you know, obviously would be good for Fournette. I think, you know, Sony Michelle's injury history, James White's obviously a pass catching back, but to have a guy of Fournette's quality there with, with Cam as well, that that would be really nice. But I can't really see too many other teams needing running backs, right? No. Yeah, you still have, uh, still have Devontae Freeman there in free agency too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not looking good right now. I think you have to wait for injuries. Ghost, we know you've, you've been hoping for Freeman to <laughs> land somewhere just because you got him in one dynasty league. Oh uh, yeah, hopefully he does. I mean, I think I think he's, I think you just have to be patient and um, uh, just keep an eye out for him in the waiver because if injury comes, um, I mean, and COVID related, uh, he's going to get picked up pretty fast. Mm. Well, telling you the other one is um, well, actually, weirdly, so Washington. I know they've obviously cut a guy uh, for other stuff, but obviously Rivera's trying to build a culture there, and I don't think Fournette necessarily fits in there with that. But at the same time, you know. If he lands there, that could actually be quite nice. Yeah, it could be a good landing spot. Um, it, it's, it's always hard when when the reasons are that they're seen as bad locker room guys because a lot of these coaching staff, you know, do speak to one another. Um, they're quite open about those conversations about the things. So it's not not like when you're at the draft and people are trying to be as sort of sly as as you can and trying to keep you know information hidden when it comes to actual pro game a lot of the coaches are quite open so i don't know if that's going to hinder Fournette, but uh, you know very talented player obviously taken 
early in the first round a few years ago. It's just a shame how things are sort of... Fourth overall pick, right? And he went ahead of um, CMC in that draft, I think. Correct, uh, because I think the Panthers were eyeing him, and he he would actually fit our scheme perfectly, uh, our original scheme that we had. Uh, you know, with the whole, uh, you know, Stewart running back just down the middle. Uh, you need that bruiser back. Uh, however, uh, yeah, once I mean, we, we figured he wasn't going to last. And I think the coaches just fell in love with CMC. They just loved him to death. So they're they're happy. I mean, everyone's happy in Carolina that we got CMC there. Yep. So then next player I wanted to just talk about uh, Joe Mixon finally signed his new deal. And surprise, surprise, the migraines all of a sudden are gone. The migraine that kept him out for four days coincidentally dare we say when the day he signed his new contract um he's got he's got paid well considering what it's going to be 12? hard for running backs he got 48 million over four so yeah 12 a year 12 a year you yeah know, that gets rid of a lot of headaches of... in all fairness exactly you know he's not gone after that zeke or <laughs> todd Gurley type money but i don't think there's going to be running backs paid that you know unless you're someone that the team's entirely built around like CMC, for example, and he's fully deserving. So I think, you know, it's a good deal for both. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense for them as well, right? You know, if they, they've just obviously taken Joe Borrow, you see he's going to be on his rookie contract for a number of years. So you can theoretically pay Mixon for a while now. And then once yeah. you know, you've used him, then you'll be coming to see Borrow's contract renewal. So that's yeah, a clear cleared a lot of cap with uh, Dalton going as well. Um, you know, AJ Green will probably go after this season. So I think they franchise tagged him, but that's a one-year guarantee only. So when you're looking at how that contract will be structured, it's probably good all round. Um, although next year with the cap potentially decreasing, it's going to make things interesting for a lot of the guys who are due contract renewals and how that's going to work, where obviously over the last however many years it's gone up and up and up but with everything that's happened this year um so, of books, cat so might be s- sorry say um so where where would you be taking joe mixon now, now because i think this was people's worry right about the whole contract situation would he hold out for a while and all this kind of stuff right now yeah. now this all settled obviously geo bernard's gone as well so mixon's clearly the lead back there how high would you be taking him See, actually, that's a great question because I was looking at him at number nine that's, uh, now. That's, yeah. But now, would you take Jacobs or would you take Mixon? Mixon. See, for, for me, it's Mixon. Oh. But this, this is what I was going to ask you: Would you take Mixon, Sanders, Jacobs, or Chubb? That's probably that that sort of next tier down, right after the I agree. top five or so. After Dalvin Cook and Kamara, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I'm I think I would have taken Jacob previously, so you're definitely right with Mixon. I'm actually going with Jacobs, Paul. I'm going yeah. with Jacobs over Mixon. Yeah, you're definitely wrong, because so would I. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually very bullish on Jacobs this year. Yeah. See, and, uh, I, I love Josh Jacobs, but here's the thing, right? They've still obviously still got Jalen Richard, um, who they paid for the year. You know, so he's still going to be the primary pass catching back, right? And that, that's my only worry with them is that. Well, the, the the coach did come out. Gruden did come out and say that uh, they expect to have Jake. They expect to have Jacobs there, in, you know, in you know, on the field in third down. And and Jacobs himself is saying he's going to expect to catch at least sixty passes. So apparently, that's one one part of the game that he's been working on this off season. 
Yeah, but here's the weird thing, because he was actually quite a good pass catcher coming out of college, right? And they obviously did, didn't use him that way last year. And that kind of leads me to think, okay, may, okay, maybe it is first year they wanted to sort of you know, build it. But as I say, if, if it's something that they know he's good at and he's been working on, I'm not sure why you then pay Jalen Rashad to sort of stay around, right? I think they're worried about his blocking. So that's the whole third down issue. It's like whether they can keep him on third down and um, and actually pass protect. Uh, if need be, and that's what Jalen, you know, he's a veteran at. But apparently, from everything I've heard, uh, the, the Gruden wants him there on third down, which means he's actually improved that side, that aspect of his game as well. So again, I, again, I'm I'm a little biased on this because I'm actually leaning towards Jacob over Mixon. Um, and one thing I don't like is the fact that Mixon did, you know, had poor migraines uh, during this training camp, limited training camp, while you know. Uh, Jacobs was out there on the field getting those, you know, getting those touches, getting those, you know, taking those hits. And I'm kind of I, I, I just hate it when when running backs, you know, stay out of and they just don't they don't partake in training camp. And yeah. it, it never bodes well. It's an interesting debate. Sounds like a fab bet there. Yeah, um, I'll take that bet. Yeah. Let's say the other thing for me with Mixon is I think you know, now they're getting an, he's getting an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, Jonah Williams is back, you know, so their, their offensive line is going to be better. Correct. And obviously the Raiders, I think, have now added obviously a lot more passing weapons as well. So I don't think they're going to be as heavily reliant on the run. So, you know, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Josh Jacobs and, you know, I'd be targeting him early in round two. Um, it's just, yeah, for me, I think Mixon just has the edge for me there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take that uh, 50, 50 fab. All right, 50 fab. Yep. Amir, if you want the same, I'll uh, take Jacobs as well. Yeah, okay. So I'll go against Paul Chiggs against Mo. 50 Feb. Nice. 12 games? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Sounds good. So that's Mixon. Uh, next one, then, there's a few sort of players involved, but the primary name is Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, a fantasy stud of the past. And uh, a year out, then he ended up playing under Adam Gase. Seems like they've had a bit of a falling out. The news coming out of camp isn't good. He's said to be overweight, said to be sluggish. Um, Frank Gore's getting the praise. Um, there's rumours they've tried to shop him and are, are, are unable. Now, today they were saying Gacy's uh, Bell playing as more of a receiver. So all sorts of um, nonsense coming out about Bell. Obviously, another player that I happen to draft as my RB1, in fact, in a league poll run. So could be a bit screwed there. What might help, however, Bell is, can't see Frank Gore as a sort of 25-touch guy. You know, he's 37, 38 now. Obviously a legend of the game, but he just can't manage that workload. One of the other threats, LaMichael Pirine, looks like he's got a sprained ankle and will at least miss. I mean, chances are he'll probably start the season on the pup. So you'd think that means he's missing the first six games. So what does all of that mean to you for Lev Bell, Jiggs? Start with you. I think I think you, you summed it up spot on there. I think LaMichael Pirine for me was the biggest sort of threat to threat to his workload. And if he's going to start the season off injured, then odds I'm not sold on Lev Bell at all uh, this year. But at the same time, if you can use him for the first six weeks or so and get you know get off to a decent enough start with him and trade him away and you'll probably say probably by then someone like jk dobbins or deandre swift or you know someone like that might be starting to sort of come to the fore a bit like nick chubb did a couple of years ago right 
So that's the kind of strategy I'd be looking at. Is maybe start the season with Bell, with pairing one of these sort of rookie running backs that may pop later on. So under the gun, if you had to choose, and I'll ask the question to you, Paul, would you take James Conner or Lev Bell? I think I'd take Connor actually. I think I'll probably be alone on it, but I. Uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you there too. 100%. Or Connor all day long. Yeah. And what about Mark Ingram then? Mark Ingram or Lev Bell? Ingram. For the, for the season. Ingram. Yeah, I'd Ingram as well. You're going Ingram across the season? Okay, interesting. I don't know. I, I just think with what they're tied to with Bell, I think they're going to try and run him to the ground now obviously Adam Gase is a coach none of us are huge fans of I think it's safe to say but uh, I still think and I'm not saying this because I've got him in a league uh, I still think Lev Bell will end up being valuable but uh, obviously it's never good news when a team's actively or it seems not not in the ends with the player at the moment the, the, yeah. the trouble the trouble with Lev Bell is right you know we it's obviously you know fantasy absolute god of, of you know years gone by but if you look at the success the uh, running backs have had in Pittsburgh with him and you know after him, they always do well, right? And, that, and that's why for me, James Conner, obviously the injury risk is, is, is there, but he's healthy. You know, he's going to put up big numbers again. And um, Lev Bell, you know, in, in New York with Gase, it's just not, it's not going to be productive, I don't see. You know, it's... Um, this guy wasted Kenyon Drake. They haven't, they haven't got a great offensive line. Like you look, you look at Kenyon Drake now. What he did with Arizona, and you know, we said for years the guy's got talent. Maybe you can't handle the full workload, but like, how can you waste like good players like that? And I can see them doing it with Lev Bell. And also, I don't think this is Lev Bell of you know three years ago. Mm. That's that's the problem. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, um, so then carrying on with some of the um, camp news, then. Not good reports on Curtis Samuel. I think it was a player, Mo, you said you're, earlier on, you'd said you're bullish on him. Um, what are your thoughts on Samuel now, and how do you think that affects the other two sort of primary receivers in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? Well, all the reports right now coming out of camp is that he just hasn't had an impressive camp um, like he did last year. And again, it might just be just not, he's just not getting enough reps, doesn't have, you know, don't have enough time, you know, short camp and whatnot, new QB, new offensive system you have to learn. Um, but all that for me, I mean, again, I was always concerned with three wide. I, th- I think he'll do fine. He'll develop. And I think for the team, he'll be a great player, wide receiver. However, in a fantasy perspective, I don't, he was never on my radar after they added Robbie Anderson to the, to the team. Um, so right now, what, what I think one thing I always said was I, I was always kind of bearish on DJ Moore's ADP. I, I love the talent, but I didn't like his ADP. And I didn't like the fact that there are numerous, uh, mouths to feed in Carolina, especially in a, Again, in a you know, uh, in a Brady uh, off, you know spread out offense, offensive system. However, if you take Samuel out now and he's just going to have those little small catches here and there, I think DJ this just increases DJ more stock. And I think now DJ Moore is is a legitimate player at the ADP you're drafting him at, which is usually like about third round, second or third round. I think on, I think I've seen third round for the most part. Um, and I yeah I think I think he's gonna he's gonna be solid. And I think again it kind of goes back to what Chiggs has mentioned a couple of times. I mean, Robbie Anderson is a deep guy threat. You know, Bridgewater's not known for throwing that deep ball ball while you have more here, you know, kind of cutting in the inside and you know, you know, you know, 
20, 30 yards down, and he'll make something out of nothing if need be. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so for me, from uh, I guess after after Carolina's camp thus far, I'm, I'm bullish on Moore where he's going at um, Samuel. I mean, I don't I don't even know if he's really been drafted in many leagues, and I think Robbie Anderson is going to be quite. He's, he might be one of those sleepers because I think you're still getting great value for him. But I I, I think it's going to be. DJ Moore, you know, wide receiver one, and then you have uh, the wide receiver two is going to be Anderson uh, on that team. Oh, maybe, maybe CMC actually. Sorry. <laughs> see, see, this is the thing is, um, if you're looking at fantasy pros half PPR ADP, DJ Moore is going at thirty-three, so the wide receiver fourteen. So he's going behind Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Juju, Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, and all these guys. I can see DJ Moore upside easily finishing as a top five wide receiver. So you know, even even before the whole Curtis Samuel thing, his ADP, I think you're getting him at a steal anyway. And I think, Amy, you picked him up in the third round in our league as well. And I'm actually massively regretting not taking him there because I absolutely love this guy and his upside, you know? Yeah, and with it being a keeper, of course, you've gone for... You've traded up and you've gone for J.K. Dobbins there. Now, you know, I think we all see a big role for J.K. Dobbins probably from around halfway through the season. It's just whether having him on the roster early on is going to then cost yeah. you, you know, yeah. where you're I, I just think you could have got Dobbins. I think you could have got Dobbins later and then got a better value for him from the pick. Yeah, you're right. Oh, but the, the trouble with that is there's such a, you know, all the top tier running backs are gone. So you almost a little bit panicked to sort of think, well, you know, I'm waiting another sort of 12 or so, 15 picks before it gets back round to me. Yeah, it could be. Um, someone's going to sort of swag him beforehand, right? So just because of that shortage of running backs, whereas, you know, I know I can pick up wide receivers later on, but yeah, like D- DJ Moore, you know, I've, I've said it before, right? But Teddy's not going to be throwing the ball deep down the field. And DJ Moore's biggest point for me is, is like yards after the catch, right? Like just what he can do, and you know, Teddy was uh, was great for Michael Thomas last year, right? Yeah. So it's not as if he hasn't shown that he can support a you know top tier wide receiver. And speaking of um, rookie running backs, then um, not so positive news about Jonathan Taylor. I think again, all big fans of him. For me, he was the number one running back in the class, but. Seems like he's had a few drops, particularly in the passing game. Um, are you worried? Because uh, I know, Chiggs, you've also got him in other leagues as well. Yeah, I think with Jonathan Taylor, his strong suit was never going to be his pass-catching ability. Right? That's why actually the knock on him was, um, you know, in, in a PPR league, like obviously probably as a pure runner, we've said it before, probably the most talented running back in the class. But... He's not going to have the same sort of catching presence that J.K. Dobbins, Swift, C.H., even Cam Akers probably has. Not to say he can't do it, but, yeah. And the other thing was we said along as well that Marlon Mack is still there. So you're going to have to kind of temper your expectations a little bit with Jonathan Taylor. But I still see the talent winning out, you know, over over the sort of medium to longer term. But, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a ding to his value at the start of the season for sure. Honestly, what I'm hoping for in redraft leagues is people draft Taylor early and they end up cutting him because they don't have enough roster spots and sneak in and take him midway through the season. 
Yeah, that's not happening in any of our leagues. So yeah. pretty, <laughs> pretty certain on that one. If, if anyone's dropping um, Jonathan Taylor in a league where you've taken him early, I want to be part of that league. Well, I, I think I think for me it's a uh, it's a it's a it's it's how it, it I think it comes down to how many roster spots you have. I think my league we only have five bench spots and one IR. So yeah. we kind of keep it competitive on that, that end. Where you, difference. yeah, you don't have the luxury of carrying someone. Okay, so that was uh, training camp news. We'll move on to um, sleepers and busts. I think we've all picked a few players we'd like to call out initially as the sleepers and players we think who are going to be busts based on ADP. And just for reference, we're, we're using um, 0.5 PPR um, ADP as per Fantasy Pros as our reference. Um, so. I'll kick things off on the sleepers perspective and just say, I had him here, sorry, bear with me a second. Just had him as well. (laughs) Okay, I'll kick things off on sleepers. And the first player I'd like to call out is Jameson Crowder. Um, Current ADP of 121, but he's going as the wide receiver 45. Now, I know we're not fans of Adam Gase, but I think we all think Sam Darnold's a good young QB. Now, we appreciate Jets have got tough strength of schedule, but playing out of the slot, I think Jameson Crowder holds wide receiver two upside, and that's where he was last year in PPR formats. He was in the top 20. So for somebody who's for somebody who's uh, going at wide receiver 45, I think that represents tremendous value, particularly as we're talking redraft leagues um Chiggs, i know you raised the point on the last episode or maybe the one before where you said he started off well in the first nine games and then sort of fell off the last seven but um at an adp of wide receiver 45 you know going first pick of the 11th round do you think that's too late for someone like crowder no i absolutely love that right because as i say you've got that that issue where you know he he did really massively tail off last year, but at the same time, you're getting him so cheap. If he doesn't pan out, you're not holding on to him, hoping that he's going to come good. You know, you're going to feed the waiver wire. But yeah, that value, as you say, you know, he's got upside in the, in the slot, especially with uh, Perryman and Denzel Mims out injured at the moment as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think Crowd is the main guy. You know, he's going to be seeing volume in the slot. Yeah, absolutely love that. Was it wide receiver 44, did you say? 45, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You mean you're getting him as a wide receiver, late wide receiver four value for this guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in in PPR formats of any variety, I'm a big yeah. fan of Crowder. In fact, the league we're drafting in now, he was sort of sniped a few picks before mine. It was a bit disappointing. I was just looking for him just now to see if he was still available. <laughs> no, he was gone, and then you took Justin Jefferson. So, um, a bit disappointed. I lost out on both of my targets there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Crowder. I think he's going to be the guy, the go to guy for um, Sam Darnold. Uh, I also think Herndon's going to have his arrow pointing up this year as well, but you can touch on that later. So, um, uh, so next up then, Chiggs, any sleepers that you've identified? Um, very similar in the range that you're looking at, and that's uh, Mike Williams at wide receiver 46, going at 125th overall. Now, I know he's going to be starting the season probably injured. I think he's had a shoulder injury in camp. But, 
you know, if you look at this guy's numbers, and, and again, I know you've got Tyrod, stroke, you know, Herbert and stuff, but at the same time, you know, the guy's put up great numbers, you know, his first few years in, in, in the NFL. You know, he was, uh, I think, the seventh overall pick. Guy's a massive red zone threat. He's not going to be a volume catch guy, but I think, you know, in touchdowns and um, big playability, you know, for wide receiver 46, this guy could be the number one wide receiver in uh, in LA. I love that, Paddy. I think there's a lot of thought uh, in the fantasy community where we think, while Tyrod's there, Keenan should be the guy. But once Herbert comes in with the big arm, could open up opportunity for Mike Williams. So I do I do like him. I think 46, you know, again, late wide receiver four is criminally low for the upside that Williams has, considering he was um early first round pick a few years ago. Um, it's just whether he can actually translate that talent and opportunity into fantasy production now. Well, you know what it was last year? The reason, the reason he finished low last year, I think he only had two touchdowns last year right, right which is like okay. crazy low right so you like you expect that to sort of come back up a little bit you know to um yeah he had 10 touchdowns in 2018 and two last year you don't suddenly like lose eight touchdowns right i know you, I know you missed one one game more but mm. um yeah like, don't get me wrong I, don't, I can't see him breaking into that sort of high-end wide receiver two category but you know for wide receiver four value and he should be able to return potentially low-end wide receiver two numbers high-end wide receiver three as a bench bench depth yeah that's the kind of guy i'll be targeting later in my drafts to you know to keep on the bench for sure yeah thanks for that uh mo any players you've identified as sleepers Ooh, got a whole list of them, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just um, well, I'll just I'll go and stay with the whole wide receiver theme. Um, I'm gonna oh I got Emmanuel Sanders and Preston Williams, but I want to go with Preston Williams just because he's going a little later. Um, I don't if you look at all the numbers prior to him getting injured, Devontae Parker wasn't really even even on the board or top. You know what he ended up with as a wide receiver uh, when Preston Williams is on there. Fitzmagic likes him, and I think he always gets a lot more looks. And I think he's, I think he's just a better player. Um, on top of that, you're going to see Parker dealing with all the top tier corners there with Gilmore in in, in uh, New England, and then you got, I mean, you had the Jets had one, they got rid of him, of course, and then you have um, uh, in Buffalo, so you, you're going to have the top corners covering him. And I think Preston Williams, and I, and I still think Miami's going to be behind. They're going to require to throw the ball quite a bit. Um, and I mean, just, I think Fitzmagic likes Williams. I mean, he's, he's a solid player. Every, all, all, all of his, um, uh, rehab and everything, apparently all the news is positive. Uh, looks like, you know, everything, everything's back to normal for him he's running a hundred percent. So, um, you, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, he might be a little rusty out, out of the gate, but I think he's going to have some pretty solid upside, especially if you're in one of these little keeper leagues or something, you can get him quite late. I mean, I mean, good luck finding for him here in your draft right now. Cause I doubt anyone has him. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's he's got some solid upside there. I think I've got him actually. Yeah, ironically, Paul actually kept him in the thirteenth. I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had a bit of a hint. Fourteenth, even yeah, he, he didn't even realise. Who's this guy? Never heard of him. I agree. When we discussed our strength of schedule, we talked about how difficult 
everyone in that division is going to have it. But I mean, particularly the Jets and Dolphins guys. You know, so Parker's going to be up against Gilmore twice a year. He's going to be up against Byron Jones twice a year, and then Tre'Davious White twice a year. Let alone then the rest of the divisions who they're facing up. I can't remember what their schedule looks like. So I don't hate that Preston Williams call at all. Um, it, it could be a, and then you know there could be a QB change. So with the um, with Tua possibly coming in as well, um, he's not going to have a rapport specifically with anyone. So it could just be that doesn't matter who plays in the X or the Y, that he favors Williams, uh, particularly if he's going to be more open. But uh, yeah, Paul, I know you've kept uh, Preston Williams. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Uh, one quick thing. Got hot news off the press. Um, the Saints are open to trading Alvin Kamara. Wow. Ooh. He's holding out, isn't he, at the moment? Yep. They're open trading Alvin Kamara, which means uh, Latavius Murray's stock just went up. Latavius Murray, yeah. We're, both, we're all reaching for our phones to see who's got the next pick. <laughs> no, he's, already, he's already gone. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Latavius is gone. Wow, interesting. We're, we're talking round eight. Yeah, because the um, the we've all just got the sleeper news as well. Because the, the fines are quite big now, aren't they? With the new collective bargaining agreement for players who actually hold out. So it's a risky ploy by Kamara, but it'd be interesting to see if they can get anything. Anything for him there? Okay, we'll carry on then. If there are, if there is any more breaking news, we'll we'll discuss that. But Paul, any uh, any sleepers you've identified based on ADP? I quite like Harry, um, the New England wide receiver. He's dropped off a lot. He's you know, he he. he where, where was he drafted last year? He was he was at the end of the first round, right? Yeah, so he was right at the end of the first round. Injured all year. They've got a good um. Uh, they've got a reasonable strength of schedule, not good possibly, but compared to some. Um, and yeah, he was a first round prick. He got injured. He hasn't really had a chance. You know, you haven't really had a chance yet. Um, and he's going. Where's he going? Now? He's going pretty late. Yeah, he's he's in like the wide receiver fifties. I think I was just looking at yeah. that. I think slightly. Yeah, exactly. Mid fifties sort of thing. Um, wide receiver six. So wide receiver sixty-four. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a almost like a bounce back or a breakout candidate there, given the draft capital they've invested. And you're not you're not spending any money on him, right? Yeah, exactly. He's a guy you take late on and again feed the wave away if you don't know, doesn't pan out. But yeah, I think I think exactly that. Like his upside is there. Especially now with Cam, and then just probably touches in with probably another sleeper is well, sleeper, um, you know, is Cam, right? Where you're getting him ADP wise, pick him up as your second QB. Yeah. And the upside we've seen with Cam, and if he's if he doesn't pan out, I think this year QB and tight end is actually quite deep. After the sort of top tier talent, you'll, you'll find there's actually quite a lot of guys you don't mind streaming. I agree. The reason I like the Harry call as well is we've got to remember Patriots had the opportunity to but didn't draft any receivers. You know, they passed up on quite a few receivers that they could have taken and didn't draft anyone, so must have confidence in, in the, Harry and Edelman. The thing is the Patriots never really draft receivers, right? It, it, weirdly, Harry was probably the earliest they went and picked one up in, in mm. many years, right? And actually what their biggest strength is turning other people's sort of leftovers into productive players in their system. 
Yeah, I'd, the the Patriots for me is probably the most intriguing sort of um, team this year, right? In terms of how they're going to be, obviously without Brady, um, obviously half their de- defense, which was their biggest strength last year, um, not going to be there now as well. Yeah, I, I mean Belichick's really going to move a, make a point, isn't he? Yeah, you, well, yeah, exactly. Or he he, he tanks and gets Trevor Lawrence. So. He ain't tanking. I think I think I think the Jags have got that one wrapped up anyway. <laughs> Maybe the football team. Dolphins last year though, so you never know. I know. Yeah. I mean, can you see anyone on that Jags team being any good? The offense is going to put up some really good points. So oh, you want some points for sure. Yeah. I, 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 you want a super QB? You take Minshew. He's <laughs> going to put up ridiculous points. I think Chark is going to do well. I think um, yeah. all the news out of uh, camp about Sean Lott has been uh, all positive. Um, are they, you know, I think I think their offensive line's a little better. Uh, I, the problem is they don't have a running back, which kind of sucks. But guess what? Mitch is going to be throwing six hundred times in the season. Did you guys well, see that? that um, you guys see that challenge that, yeah. in your fantasy? You guys see that Minshew challenge? Um, yeah. yeah. If you draft, draft him in, draft him in the first round. Yeah. Yep. Post it, and you win. Uh, uh, you win what? A month of free beer, and then and then you get in a you get something for a drawing where you win like six months of free beer or something. But you've got to win your draft as well, I think. Oh, uh, you got to win. Yeah, yes, you got to win your league. Correct. So you're yes. in your league. Correct. That makes it a little bit harder. <laughs> oh, you got this. Come on. Does I don't mean because I'm drafting him. I mean winning the league. league. So triple super flex league. Then you have to take QBs early and often, don't you? Yeah, it's true. So, so Mo, you said you had a bit of a list there. Who else would you like to call out as a sleeper? Um. Uh, well, I guess I got to throw... Uh... Uh, the Saints running back Murray in there now, but um, I was looking at running backs, and I, I actually you guys, you guys always kind of discuss this, but I like where Ronald Jones is going now at this point, as as he, he's kind of established as the as the as the main running back there. Um, another one I actually like um, is actually I'm still kind of bullish on Montgomery. Where were their um, ADP? I'm trying trying to find Ronald Jones on here. Um, Ronald Jones uh, as for running back, he is. Uh, where was he? Uh, like thirtieth, which is right around the time where Montgomery is going. Are we not counting? Um... Sorry, we're we not counting Fournette as a sleeper now. He's like forty fifth. I know he hasn't got a team, but it's only today. <laughs> ah, He's got to end up somewhere, no? I th- I think with Freeman still being out, with all these players being out, I think I think it's going to be based injury based. The minute someone gets injured, I think they'll they'll kind of they'll kind of pick him up. Yeah. Like I can see him like being picked up with you know maybe San Francisco if there's a couple injuries there, Chicago if there's injuries. So Ronald Jones at running back thirty is crazy, right? That's uh, yeah, I'm absolute absolute steal. I mean, I I don't see him going there at all um, in drafts, right? He um, he finished as the wide receiver twenty five, I think, last year. Yeah, or he basically finishes low end running back two, and that was splitting time with Peyton Barber and um, Ogunbowale, and you know he didn't even play that well. So he's now the main guy there. Apparently, all, all signs say that you know he's actually he's been working really hard. He looks a lot better in camp. You've got Tom Brady there now as well. So you know you're not going to have Jameis throwing the ball down the field as often to the other team. <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones is a running back 30. That's, I, I can't see how his, his value's fallen from where you know. I can't see him finishing any lower than he finished last year. Put it that way. Who would you take, Montgomery or Ronald Jones? Jones. I go Ronald Jones. Jones or Montgomery? Jones. Yeah. So right. the player I'm going to call out then as a sleeper is um, a player whose name I previously butchered, but it's Benny Snell. He's going all the way at running back 78. So in most leagues, probably undrafted. Um reason I'm calling out Snell is I think at the moment, from what I'm reading from training camp, he's at an impressive camp. Looks like he's going to be the number two guy behind James Conner. I think we're all aware of what James Conner has been through over the last couple of years with injury and being able to stay fit. Now, um, I know they drafted Anthony McFarland in the fourth and they have Jalen Samuels as well, but from what I'm reading from training camp, now I'm, I'm talking about sort of a last round sort of guy but I think for where he's going and considering some of the other sort of running backs in that area you've got you know the likes of Gus Edwards, Jalen Richard, um, who else you've got Brian Hill all going around or above so I think Snell actually represents good sleeper value particularly where he's going to be a last pick of the draft in most in most rounds or even on your waiver wise um, just a player I'm, I'm keeping an eye on personally. So you literally just mentioned his name, but I would have said Brian Hill in there as well, for sure. Especially with what I've heard about Todd Gurley out of camp. You know, they've been limiting his snaps, you know, trying to manage his knees and stuff. I'm worried that Gurley could easily break down um, this season. And by the sounds of it, I think Brian Hill is actually the next guy up. Yeah, and we discussed that before because they've got Ito Smith and Kodri Ollison as well. Yeah. But the news coming out of camp is that Hill, again, has looked like the best of the bunch. So yeah. um, so I, I am in another dynasty league. I took Gurley, sort of round 10, I think it was, after I think I had Saquon and Jacob Dobbins as my sort of first two running backs. You only have to start one. But I took Brian Hill as the, the handcuff late on over Ito Smith because I think he will be the next guy up so um, it's crazy you've got Christian Wade going ahead of Brian Hill and Benny Snell considering you've yeah. got Singletary and Moss uh, it must be a load of Brits drafting him <laughs> or something because uh, that's just crazy for me to see him going ahead uh, of them Royce Freeman who going to have very limited opportunity is going ahead of them as well um Gio Bernard yeah I, I definitely prefer someone like Benny Snell over or Brian Hill over those guys particularly given who's ahead of them and the um potential for opportunity they have there Shigs any of the sleepers you'd like to call out based on ADP um else have we got here Irv Smith, uh, tight end 29. Um, you know, I like, like the guy's talent. He reminds me, you know, a little bit of um, like Evan Ingram kind of sort of style, you know, receiving tight end. We've obviously got um, Carl Rudolph, who's more, of, I'd say, the blocking guy. But um, I think Smith, you know, showed some nice stuff last year. And uh, I can see him having a sort of big step up in year two. Obviously, they've lost Stefan Diggs, so there's more targets there. 
um, potentially to go around as well. So, you know, for me, what, um, Titan 29, he, he's another kind of guy that I would be picking up late with a view that he can sort of make that. Maybe, maybe it won't be this season, but, you know. So is, is that more of a dynasty or a keeper pick only? Because I, I, I can't see myself taking Irv Smith in any redraft leagues. I see more as a waiver wire pickup person. Yes, yeah, yeah I, I think I think you're less spot on actually. I think that's more of a sort of keeper or dynasty slant. Um, you know, I think I made the point earlier in the episode that actually tight end for me this year is actually very deep. Once you once you get outside of that sort of top tier of guys, you know, anyone from Tyler Higby, Hayden Hurst, Gesicki, um Chris Herndon, Johnny Smith, you know, there's so many guys there that, you know, are all a little bit uncertain, but you, you wouldn't be upset with streaming them, you know, whereas in previous years you're looking at guys like Tyler Croft and, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins on the waiver wire. So it's, I think the position's a lot deeper. And so I think you're right, you know, like Irv Smith's probably more of a dynasty or um, keeper, you know, given that we're in a keeper league, he's the kind of guy we're looking at late on as a, you know, to return that same sort of value as a George Kittle has, you know, from a few years ago. Yeah, who else I like? Like John Ross as well. He's wide receiver 76 now. He's got a lot of guys he's competing with, though. Yeah, he's he has. But he's well. fast and he's got a proper quarterback now. Yeah, I mean, previous regime did try and use him uh, as a red zone threat, ironically. Um, yeah. So, this is his prove it year. You know, otherwise well, he's going to. Absolutely, it's his prove it year, but I think he might do so. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no. we'll move on. Sorry, go on, Mo. I was going to say, there's a live tweet uh, from Chris Carson. He is saying he's 100% from his hip fracture. They all say that, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Chris Carson fan, rooting for the guy. You know, love his sort of running style and his work ethic, and it's a shame that he's had the injuries, so hopefully he is back to 100%. So we'll move on to the busts then. Who are we seeing based on ADP that we think could be a bust um, for for where they're being drafted? Tiggs, I'll start with you. So Nick Chubb for me. Mm, I like that. I I, I love, love 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 Nick Chubb as a runner. Um, you know, super talented, but. You know, if you, I think I've mentioned it before. If you look at his numbers after Kareem Hunt came came back uh, last season, his numbers came right off. He doesn't have that pass catching um, to his game. You know, so you look at someone like Derrick Henry as well. Last year, he can put up massive, massive receiver rushing numbers in the touchdowns, but you're not you're not going to be breaking into that sort of top five of running back because you're not you're not catching enough balls and I just can't see Nick Chubb doing that. So he's going at running back eight in, in drafts. I'll be taking Josh Jacobs ahead of him for sure. C E H. Um then then the sort of Austin Eckler I'll be taking over him as well. Yep. The the sort of where I sort of have that sort of break is between um Miles Sanders and um Kenyon Drake and uh Nick Chubb, that's kind of where I sort of so, you know, start of what start of round three basically is where I'd have them. 
Yes, uh, I'm going to be a bit controversial uh, and I'm going to call out one of my potential busts, Kenny and Drake. I just think for where he's going early in the second, you know, RB9, I think there's a lot of bust potential there. Um, we, we know that that's a bad defense and probably going to, even despite the air raid system, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Now, I know Drake was productive, but he's also had you know, injuries, it looks like he's going to miss a couple of weeks um, through injury in training camp. RB9, you're, you're, you're using an early pick there. And in fact, Mo, we were talking earlier and we think in a lot of leagues he's going to go in the first round. I, I don't hate the talent, don't hate the opportunity, but, you know, Kyler's not had a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. And you've got to think Hopkins is probably in for 130, 140 targets already you've still got obviously Larry Legend you've got Christian Kirk there Dan Arnold's been getting praise as a red zone threat as a tight end um, then you've got Andy Isabella who Cliff Kingsbury saying that they want to try and utilize him more and you just think you know that's four or five players we rattled off there of course Chase Edmonds is still around he's not gone anywhere you know Benjamin's been added albeit as a late pick I don't know I, I just wary of drafting Kenyon Drake that early in any of my leagues and uh, just because I think I don't think the game uh, game script's always going to suit somebody like a Kenyon Drake and you look at players who are going after him, just running backs CEH, Josh Jacobs Aaron Jones Miles Sanders uh, all players who Austin Eckler, I think all players are prefer over Kenyon Drake personally then there's a bit of a drop off you know when you get to Todd Gurley who I think is another player going too early but I know it might be controversial Paul what are your thoughts on Kenyon Drake mm, I still have confidence in him to be honest I'm, um, I, 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 I agree maybe a little early but um, I, I, maybe three or four you know running backs back but not yeah. horrific. I, I think Jonathan Taylor's the worst, um, worst one. I know we mentioned him earlier. Yeah, so let's move on to Taylor then. He's going out running back 19. So you think that's too early for him? Yeah, just, just given the, the camp he's having. Yeah, it's not good things coming out. Um, maybe he'll be all right, but he's still, he's still, he, he looks better than what we're hearing. Mo, thoughts on Jonathan Taylor as running back 19? I think it's way too early. I think Mac is still the guy there. Um, lo- love the spot. If you're in a keeper, I think you're fine. Uh, Dynasty, I think, yes, you're fine. But, you know, redraft, um, like I said, I think if you draft one, you have to draft the other. And during this time, I just don't have the I, I don't have the luxury of a Ross spot to kind of devote to, an, 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 you know, yeah, you know, a, a, a backfield that's a two-headed monster at this point. Um, yeah, I think I think it's way too early for a shared. Uh, I, I think the talent will rise. I think you know once Mac is gone, uh, or you know you have some injuries related uh, issues come up there. Um, if if he is sole running back, yes, then that's fine. But yeah, right now I agree, uh, way too early. I don't I don't necessarily see him as a bust though. I just don't. I, I think there's other value at, at the spot he's being drafted at. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, I've taken him in one of our rookie drafts in the dynasty league. Um, you know, obviously, I traded away a lot of assets to accumulate picks for this year, and I'm a little worried about what I'm seeing about Taylor because I thought I'd had him as a locked and load starter. Now I think I'm going to have to look elsewhere for at least 
probably about half the season. Just my gut feeling, you know, where I think he will get carries, but I think he's going to be limited to about 10 touches a game, including anything in the passing game. And that's not what you're expecting when you're taking somebody in the early, sorry, late third, early fourth round. Uh, Chiggs, I don't know. What are your thoughts? You've got Taylor as well, of course. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, I took Taylor, I think, in the fourth round in our sort of um, in our league, one another league. But I started with Zeke and Ceh. Um, I think as my my sort of top two running back. So, you know, as much as I don't want to carry a guy on the bench, I think Taylor, worst case, you know, he'll be productive enough for me if I need to flex him. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna blow up my team. But I'm willing to hold on to him with the view that that talent will rise, right? So if you're looking at a dynasty league and all this sort of stuff, you know, of course you want, you know, then this is obviously before we knew Damien Williams wasn't going to be there, right? With CEH, that was obviously the big thing when we were drafting. But, you know, it was, it was a 1A and a 1B. And, okay, it's probably now a 1 and a 2, but Jonathan Taylor still is the guy. And I don't, I don't think they've got any faith in um, Marlon Mack. You know, they, would, they wouldn't go out and draft Jonathan Taylor um, as high as they did if, you know, if it was... They're in a win-now mode, right? And I think Mack will probably start the season as the guy, but Taylor will beat him out for sure. But the worry is going to be, again, those catches. I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be the pass catching back there. I think that's going to be Naeem Hines. Mm. But he's going to get enough enough rushing and touchdowns, I think, in that offense with that offensive line. And, you know, I, I still think um, Rivers will dump off a load of passes to him as well. It's just, if it's he can catch him. Naheem Hines, you get that dreaded RBBC, don't you, then? You're talking running back by committee. And... Yeah, but... but... I don't think anyone has, was taking Jonathan Taylor with the view that he was going to be a pure three-down back, right? Because, you know, that was obviously the biggest concern about him coming out of college was he wasn't the best receiver. So I think on third-down situations, and I, I hope they don't go with that, but, you know, if you're putting Naheem Hines in the third, third downs, you know you're going to be kind of what kind of play you're going to be running. But I think it's those first and seconds where Rivers might have to check down if Taylor can just start hauling in some of these easy kind of dump offs, you know, I don't think they're going to be running any sort of split, splitting him out wide and kind of, you know, bubble screens and stuff. But I think he'll give you enough value, even in a PPR perspective, just from little dump offs and, you know, and then taking it. Yeah. It's probably one where you're less concerned if you've got five, six, seven bent spots. One of the leagues I'm going to be drafting in in a few days' time, it's going to be very difficult because we're only going to have four bent spots with no IR. So, um, and considering, you know, this season of all seasons as well, not having deep bench, I think players like Dobbins and Taylor, for me, are players I'm going to be avoiding at the ADP they're going. And yeah. I think that's an important factor, how many bent spots you have, how... How long can you ride someone out on the bench? And Chiggs, you were sort of victim to that last year with Miles Sanders. You had to ride him out, ride him out, ride him out. You eventually dropped him, I think. And yeah. then, you know, it's picked up by someone else. And same thing a few years ago with Nick Chubb. So there's always that risk with these rookie running backs. And more so this year, where they've not had 
any um, preseason games. They've not had OTAs. Training camp's been limited in its nature and in its duration. So um, there's a lot more risk attached, I think, this year than there has been in previous years with those rookie running backs. Um, I think I think for me this year, uh, there's only two that I don't think carry that risk. One clearly is CEH. The other one is a shocker. It's going to be Akers. I think Akers is going to be the guy there, and he he's going he's going to stand out above everyone else in that backfield. And you've been very bullish on Akers for a while, and I think it certainly helped his case that Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown, I think, have both missed time. Correct through training camp. So I, I don't hate that call at all. Um, I think Akers actually represents pretty decent value for where you're getting him. Um, you know, he's going after the likes of Le'Veon Bell, uh, Ingram, David Johnson, he's going after. So I, I like the value that you're getting for Akers as RB28. Um, I think he's a one of those guys who could be on the cusp of RB1 or certainly middle-ish RB2 player. So for where he's going at the moment in ADP, I think he represents an excellent value. Uh, Chiggs, any potential busts, you think, based on ADP? See Leonard Fournette <laughs> running back. <laughs> I think we have to disregard that one. <laughs> yeah, he's going 45 now. <laughs> um, I think for me, I think Juju at wide receiver 11, I think I think that's I think that's got bus potential written all over it for me. Completely agree. Oh yeah. man, don't tell me that. I'm targeting Juju in the third. Can you can you see Juju finishing as you're targeting him in the third? I I um I I mean I mean I think his draft I think he's being drafted around the third round. Yeah, he's, um, he's being drafted um mid round. mid mid third. Yeah, he's the 30th, 30th overall. Um. Yeah, so, uh, no, I mean, I could, I'm sorry, not third round. I want to get him in, the, I'll have the ninth pick, yeah, so it'll be a late third round. Uh, I, I mean, with, I think with Ben back, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the argument that he's going to be solid. I think you have Washington there, and you have Deontay Johnson, which we speak highly of, and they'll take some of the looks away from him. You know, I think the key is he has to prove himself as the number one. You know, he, he succeeded when A.B. was there. But um, I think he had a very quiet uh, training camp, and then today uh, came out of nowhere and, Showed who was boss, basically. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to ride that hype train there, and uh, hopefully I'm, I think I'm, I'm he's actually one of the ones I'm targeting in third round. He'd be probably my my first wide receiver I draft. So the players that are going around Juju, you've got Allen Robinson sort of just ahead of him, and you've got Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, and Back Cooper him. Cup all going after him, and I'll add Calvin Ridley as well. I'm a fan and, of all uh, Odell as well. Uh, and OBJ as well. He's going just ahead. So I'm not sure, given you know, if, if I'm on the clock, that I could take Juju ahead of those guys. I'm just too worried about the situation there. He had a really bad year last year, and I know players can bounce back, and he didn't have a competent quarterback. And But, you know, in that time, Deontay Johnson, Sean, James Washington, Sean. Well, he was also injured too. Don't forget that. Yeah, he was, and I had him, in fact, in my league of record. But, you know, if given the chance, I think I'd be taking Thielen ahead of Juju. I I agree. I think I would take Thielen, probably maybe even OBJ, DJ Moore, DJ Moore OBJ, and Alan Robinson. Like Amari Cooper as well in front of him. 
See, I don't think I'll take Amari. Yeah, I wouldn't take Amari over him. But 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 this thing, it's not a million miles away. You know, he's he's not being overdrafted by by loads, but at the same time, I can see the potential is massive, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then, because my bus potential wide receiver was actually Mike Evans, and he's being drafted way ahead of all these guys you just mentioned. Actually, he's above everyone. All these, yeah, he's, he's wide receiver eight. Yeah, but he's um, only four spots ahead of Juju. So you know they're both going early third, early to mid third round. Okay, and okay, well, see, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, but I think Mike Evans has a much higher propensity to to bust here just because again too many mouths to feed and he's the deep threat like i think like like you guys said like i think goodwin's more the inside um you have you have um you're gonna have from the backfield coming out rojo or Dewari. you're gonna have two tight ends coming out uh apparently ob uh howard's had a great uh training camp and you know gronk's just gonna be gronk so i don't i just don't see i don't see enough targets is my issue i you know nothing i'm not dissing his talent whatsoever for me i think it's gonna be the lack of targets is is the only reason i see him as a bust if i was to say in full ppr um 50 point handicap for juju who would you say is going to get more points over the year evans or juju 50 point handicap meaning yes Uh, so he, he has a 50 point head start let's say juju does Yes, Juju has a fifty-point head oh, start easy, over Mike easy Evans. Juju. You think Juju over Evans? So Which even is, without is a, a handicap, head start. Yes, I, fifty-point head start, full PPR. I would take Juju. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I would as well. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on the Mike Evans call as a bust there, at wide receiver eight. I, I don't like that um, at all. You know, but it worries me with uh, Brady as quarterback. Yeah. I'll take that. So it's a fab bet we're talking about here, right, Amir? Well, uh, we'll uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. One well, of you guys should have taken his side. It was just a question. It was, it was, okay. You know, but we'll, we'll have a fab bet. I'll uh, discuss the specifics on that after you. I wasn't, it wasn't like intended funny. as a fab bet. I was just asking you the question if, if you were given that. Amir, there's no shame in backing out now. Well, I'm, I'm a Chris Godwin guy. I think Godwin's going to eat this year. Uh, I'm a little worried on Evans too personally but I like the talent and yeah I'm the same I've got Godwin Godwin in any leagues I've got Evans in almost all my leagues (laughs) well I've got Evans in in a dynasty we're all in so um, we'll round it off then so Mo um, floor is yours give us one bust candidate you think based on ADP I'm going to go with Mike Evans (laughs) (laughs) you just said him you just said him Wide oh. receiver eight, pick twenty six. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you got, so Did you want another one? Let's go for yeah. another one. I'll pick another one. Um, no him. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson. Ooh, interesting. 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 Yourself. Yeah, I don't know. He can. I, I, I think he'll get the yardage. I, I'm still not sold on his capability of throwing the ball. And second, I I think defenses will adjust this year to how he plays the game, and you you've always seen that. Um, you, you know, you, you you he's gonna don't get me wrong, he will get a couple yards here and there, but I I, I can see the touchdowns going to the running backs. You got Dobbins, you got Ingram, 
Um, I, I honestly, I'm not sold on a skill set. I mean, and, and, you know, you know, if I'm drafting him as, you know, you know, the eighth or ninth, you know, mid range QB, I'm not going to call him a bust. But if I'm drafting him as my second, you know, as a second QB off the board after Mahomes, or sometimes even the first QB off the board, you're taking him what second or third round. I don't see, I, I don't see him making, uh, I mean, I just don't. I, I just. I just think that's a reach for me. I'd rather have a skill player over, especially you know, as we've talked, you know, numerous times that you know this is a deep quarterback class this year, uh, as per or you know year for QBs. I don't think it's worth me giving up a third round pick for a Lamar Jackson, who I think could bust personally. So you, you still you think he's a top three quarterback, but just uh, he shouldn't be going as early as he um, is. I'll tell you what. I'm 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 gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he's not even gonna be a top. Three. If you want to make the fab bet, he's not gonna yep, be a done. top five. Top I'll five. Uh, wow. no, top, top three. I'll give you top three. No, he's top five, five, man. Five. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he's not gonna. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be top five. So he's not. So he's not gonna be one through four. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, I'll give you five and up. Okay. So he's not gonna be. He's not. Yeah. He's not gonna be. Uh. He's not gonna be a top four ranked top QB. Four QB. This year. Okay. Yeah, I'll say that. So I I disagree with you in terms of defenses are going to figure out ways to stop him because they said that after, you know, um, the playoff run in year one and he came out last year and put an MVP season up, right? The guy's that talented and, you know, that offense is tailored around him and, and what, what he does best. I, I think he's going to get better as a passer. You know, I don't think it's obviously it's never going to be a skill set, but it's, it's a strong point, but... His rushing ability alone makes up for it, but I do agree that I can see him finishing outside the well, outside the top three. I actually have Dak to finish above him this year. Yeah, I do like I do like Dak. I, I really like Dak. That's another uh, bet I think I have. I have Dak in the top five. Um, just just for the record, Paul, I presume you want to throw in a twelve game minimum, just because you know he might get yeah 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 he might yeah. get popped pretty pretty quickly there in yeah yeah sure first couple games yeah. <laughs> Why not? Okay, so that was our sleepers and bust. Uh, so just to end the show, then Mo, I think your uh, cousin from Minnesota actually sent in a question, right? So would you like to oh, get the question out and we'll discuss? Uh sure. Okay, he's asking in a superflex redraft league. Uh, the the you know I think uh, it's a, it's a ten team league. He says uh, he has a number two overall pick. Who should he draft? I mean, I guess usually. I mean, you know, who are we assuming is going at number one? We're we're assuming CMC is going to be number one. Uh, I think I think I think all consensus right now is CMC. You know, it, it there. I think I think the person who has a first overall pick is a is a CMC fan. So you have your choice of either Jackson, which I always said no to, um, uh, Mahomes, or Saquon. Saquon. Mahomes. It's a tiebreaker here. Ten team. Ten team redraft league, right? Redraft, yes, not dynasty. Right. So check this out. Saquon. How how many games did Saquon miss last year? I believe three to four. And he still finishes the running back ten. Right. The guy. The guy. I mean, this guy was basically CMC two years ago. I do remember seeing Saquon in the Super Bowl. Oh, no, him. <laughs> it, it's it, it's a tough one. I think just the fact that it's ten team and you're going to get a lot of QBs that you can take. 
even though it's super flex, I'd probably say Saquon. If it was 12-team, I'd say Mahomes. And if it's Dynasty, it's unquestionably Mahomes and even Lamar for me. So I, I think Dynasty, yeah. The, the reason you're taking a QB in Dynasty, right? Like Especially someone like, for me, Mahomes over Jackson is the longevity, right? So you say Saquon, CMC, you're probably looking at a three- to five-year window. With Mahomes, potentially you're going to get that QB1 run for, you know, 10 to 15 years. Mm. So you never have to sort of worry about that position again. But in a redraft league, you know, there's so many QBs that we, we, we mentioned it earlier, right? Even you can, um, even in a 12-team league, you know, you're, you'll be picking up Big Ben, Kirk Cousins, you know, as your sort of later on guys. I don't think you're going to have an issue at QB, whereas I think if you don't take Saquon, to have a player of that quality and like um, the upside, I can see him finishing number one over CMC again this year very easily. Yeah, so I think if I was the tiebreaker, I'd probably say Saquon as well. Um, so Neil, hope that helps and hope you get this advice before you're drafting. In fact, Mo, you can relay that back as well, saying we had a poll and uh, we went Saquon. Saquon, it is. And it works for oh, Saquon. I think I was going to Saquon. And then it works out perfect because Paul picked uh, Mahomes. So, you know, that's always the wrong answer. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll pass that on. All right. So that's episode 31 then in the bag. Thanks for joining everyone. So for now, that's me signing out. Jigs. Giddy up. Paul. Keep safe, all. And Mo. Evening, chaps. <laughs>